All right, so welcome back to the second episode of the ILR Sports Business Radio Show. Uh, I got a couple special guests this week. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? How's it going? I'm Miles. Um, I'm a sophomore. This is actually my first time ever doing a. I was never. I never did a radio show last year. Haven't done a show this year, so it's my first time doing this, and looking forward to it. Uh, I'm Seth Braille. Uh, I'm a freshman, so this is my first time being on the radio show, and uh, I'm very excited. All right, so welcome, guys. Uh, the NBA season just ended, um, so let's talk about the finals. Uh, what, what are your first takes on on the outcome? Um, the, the you want to take it? That's that's the first thing I noticed. The Heat have a very bright future. Um, everyone's, I, like I like that. Everyone's talking about LeBron. Um, but I think the bigger story from this, because we all knew that the Lakers were going to be one of the uh, favorites to win the title, but the bigger story, I think, is the upside of the Heat. A uh, very young team, looked very good, so a lot of promise. I definitely agree. I think that they probably made the finals possibly a year or two earlier than they should have because we're going to get um, – Ben, I know I was going to mention in a little bit, they have a big free agency this year and next year. So possibly after those years, they would have made the finals, but um, guys on their bench really stood up. And um, I think they surprised a lot of us in the bubble, surprised most of us in the bubble with how far they made it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've been saying this all season. Um, so we are poised to be good in the next couple of years. Um, <clears throat> we definitely weren't built for this year. Um, we definitely overachieved. So looking back on the season, I'm happy that we made it that far. Uh, we didn't, we definitely had no expectations of, of winning the finals. Uh, it's tough going up against LeBron and AD, who I think are two of the top three best players in the league. Um, but I think it was really important that the Heat established a couple things uh, this season. So they took the Lakers to six games. Um, I think for most of the season, everyone kind of saw the Lakers the best team in the league. I honestly saw the Clippers up there with them, um, but they kind of fizzled out in the playoffs. Um, we saw the establishment of, of Jimmy going from a star, star to a superstar. I think with his, his two huge games in the finals, he really showed how he can single-handedly carry a team, which is kind of what he's been criticized a lot on recently. Um, there were a lot of games during the regular season where it kind of looked like Jimmy was deferring to other players. Um, but that's kind of who he is because the way he plays, he makes other players around him better. But when it finally came to the, the biggest stage with the brightest lights, uh, Jimmy kind of put the team on his back and had those two triple doubles that led to two huge final finals wins. We also saw Bam uh, looking like a star. Uh, perennial all-star. I think he's incredible and he's only going to get better, especially when he develops an outside shot. And also Tyler Hero uh, as a rookie coming up clutch in big moments. But definitely for the Heat, they, there's a lot of improvement that they can make um, from a player perspective on their guys just developing and also looking to add more pieces this offseason. And we'll talk about later in 2021, which is going to be probably the biggest free agency offseason since – 2010 yeah um so LeBron won his fourth ring um kind of expanding on his legacy he has made the finals nine of the last 10 times um and he's four and six overall 
So what, what do you think that this win means for LeBron and his legacy moving forward? I think LeBron, after this win, thinks um, – I think he wants at least another one or two more. I, I think he's definitely satisfied with, you know, getting that third ring with a third different team, which is an accomplishment that he really wanted and definitely is big for his legacy. But I think at the end of the day, he needs to, you know, get that six, get a three-peat in there. Um, two things he's ne- – um, obviously, he, he has not gotten to six – or had a three-peat yet. Um, so just matching Jordan in those two ca- categories really makes them a lot more, um, I don't want to say comparable because they already are comparable, but that makes LeBron's numbers, like it bump, it just bumps them up next to Jordan and, you know, continues that conversation. Yeah, it's crazy because his MVP speech, he pretty much just asked everyone for respect, um, which personally I didn't find to be the greatest thing because if you're asking for respect, then – I don't know how much you should have. Obviously, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And I say one of because obviously it's up for debate. You know, people say MJ, people say LeBron. Um, But when you take a look at all the stats, LeBron's in the top five for almost every single metric in the finals or even the playoffs. So you take a look at that and, you you know, there's no doubt that he's, you know, arguably one of the greats. Um, But I do think that he needs maybe one more or two more to really push the argument for the greatest of all time versus Michael Jordan. Do you think that GOAT is – do you think that if LeBron wins two more rings, he will be the GOAT? Like, is, is, that, is that, like, the standard we're setting for him? I think – Because also oh, – uh, also one other stat that definitely now is being, ta- being talked about a lot more than I guess it was three or four years ago – um, but the fact that he's literally made the last nine out of ten finals is a pretty crazy stat. With is it? It's nine out of ten, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. they missed. He missed the last year. Well, he, he yeah, was they didn't make the playoffs. And I think that stat in itself with three different teams, and so two of those teams being that like he had just joined them and literally built them up to a championship. Um, the Lakers obviously took him an extra year, but with the Cavs and Heat, first year he got there, and then did that for nine out of 10 straight years is pretty impressive because it just shows that wherever he is, like they're easily the best team, at least in their conference and obviously making it to the NBA finals that many times um, definitely says something. Yeah. I, I just think the best part about it is that I've never seen an athlete maintain such a, such a high level of play for so long because we had these conversations since what like I don't know for for, for many years but uh, probably since he went back to back with the heat the whole yeah. MJ versus LeBron talk I'd say I'd yeah. say that's when it fully um like became established yeah so I mean I just I just think the most interesting part is how LeBron's been the best player I mean, you could obviously argue right now if he if it's LeBron, Giannis, or AD, but LeBron has been in that conversation of top three players in the league for the last I don't know, like like almost like almost fifteen years, um, probably since he took he single handedly took took that Cavs team in the finals in '07 when they got swept by the Spurs, um, but he's always there. So do you think we kind of take LeBron for granted um, because he's just been in the conversation for so long as, as being like just such a great player. I think a lot of people do take him for granted and take his greatness for granted. Cause 
you kind of have a little bit of like a, the media plays into it where they're always showing LeBron, they're always showing his stats. Um, he's always winning awards. And from the fans perspective, the new great players are more exciting. Like you see Giannis, he's emerging as a great player, or you have James Harden who's a different type of player or the young players like Luca, you know, as a fan, you kind of, you get excited by those players. Whereas LeBron, it's, you know, for almost my entire life, it's okay. LeBron's been in conversation with MVP, you know, next year, MVP voting, LeBron's up there. So you, you kind of take it for granted when you know that every year he's going to be that good. So just because of that, you, you know, some people don't like to hate on LeBron and say, Oh no, he might not be as good or, you know, they pick at his flaws, but when you look at it, at, at, you know, the grand scheme, he is amazing. He's, you know, has such a legacy on the game. I think on top of his greatness that we take for granted, his health, um, many people take for granted. I'm pretty sure LeBron has not missed a single NBA championship game that he's been in in his entire life. Um, uh, it may have been every playoff game. I, I'm not sure. If, I'm pretty sure – I, I think uh, he's played every playoff game. Did it? Was it every? That it's, was, it's something like that. It's either playoff or finals, but either way, it shows that like that's very like not, I'm knock on wood. No, just because that's like something to be grateful for that he's always been there. You look at every single NBA finals just in the last ten years. Um, one year he didn't have Kyrie. One year when Golden State was playing, they didn't have KD. Didn't have Curry or no, didn't have KD. Didn't have Clay. Like many NBA finals, um, there are superstars who get hurt and are out, and he's been there for the last nine out of ten and healthy and present in all the last nine out of ten, which is something that um, we should also be grateful for. Yeah. So part of the goat conversation. So we also look at not only rings, we also look at MVP awards. So LeBron's won. I think he's won four MVPs. He won he won two back to back in in like oh eight oh nine, and then he won the two the two years the Heat won so twelve and thirteen. So LeBron has still remained a top three player uh, since he last won his his award uh, that thirteen season. So that is that kind of also shown it as how we take LeBron's greatness for granted, the MVP voting. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean that. Literally what you said just there, we've talked about out of the last nine out of ten seasons, he's been great, took everything from the championship to uh, – not from, to the championship. And two of his four MVPs weren't even during those seasons, which shows that obviously he was great during those two seasons if he is MVP. And um, 07, he took a team to the finals, so that's basically covering every year that he's been in since the 07 season. I think I could be missing a year there, but basically it shows that for the past 15 years, he's either the MVP or is in the NBA Finals, except for last season, which is definitely says something. Yeah. My, my thing, when people try to knock LeBron, a lot of people always point to his record. So they'll say, oh, LeBron's 4-6 and six in the Finals, Jordan was 6-0. and oh. But honestly, I look at his four and six record in the finals, and I think that's a benefit to his resume because there are so many teams that he dragged to the finals that just did not deserve to be there. Um, look at that 07 Cavs team. They were, they were really not good. And, I mean, it showed when they got to the finals. They got swept by, by that Duncan, Ginobili, Parker Spurs team. Um, and then – I think his one real bad loss was to the Mavericks in yeah, 2011. That I think was – the only one people really like you should have um, like they should have won three in a row there. 
that 14 Spurs team. And I assume, I assume you're going to say the 14 Spurs team, then all those Golden State teams, um, which are some of the best teams of all time. Yeah. People try to knock LeBron on losing to KD and, and Steph and Clay. I, I just don't understand the argument. Um, so, yeah, 11, I was going to say, that was the only year that LeBron was favored in the finals and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he played awful, but he made up for it the next two seasons, obviously. Um, 14, 14, he did. Yeah, 14 was the, the Kawhi year. That was, that was still the, the Spurs. Um, and that's before, like, Kawhi became a superstar. And then those four finals against the Warriors, the first, the first year it was, it was just Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Um, that's when Iggy won the MVP award. The mm-hmm. next year was obviously the crazy when they came back from three, one. And then the next two years, um, I think, I think it was actually 15. He, he, he didn't even have love and Kyrie in the finals. I think they were both hurt and they didn't even play in the finals. So that was, mm-hmm. that was like another year that I'm talking about. And then 18, when he dragged that team, in the finals, do you remember that team? Yeah, that was the 18 team. They were the four seed. And, you know, the Warriors still had everyone. They still had Clay, Draymond, yeah. Steph, um, and Katie, and fully healthy. The year before, LeBron had played against Katie, Steph, Kyrie, and Clay. With it was LeBron, he had Kyrie, and I think they still lost 4 1. Um, that was in 2017, the year yeah, after they won. And then 2018, Kyrie went to Boston. I think. I mean, who is they, they had it remember that was that was the season which during the during like right before the tra- trade deadline d wade was on the team remember d wade got traded back to miami they like it was just lebron basically yeah. getting them to the four seed and drag them past a boston celtics team that year who they were very young i'm blanking who was on that you remember who's on that celtics team where um Tatum. they, they Tatum. took the Tatum or Rogan? Yeah, Tatum, I think, was young. Um, Jay, um, who am I thinking of? Um, I forget who, but they were very – let me look at the Celtics. Yeah, that was – that was. I think that was the most impressive LeBron season because that roster – that Cavs roster was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward that year. They had Kyrie. Even though Kyrie was hurt, they were still playing great without Kyrie that year. And um, the Cavs beat them in seven and got swept by. Yeah, but game game one was the J.R. Smith game. LeBron, LeBron like, almost, almost single-handedly won game one for them. And then J.R. Smith just holds the ball um, with time still left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean – there's so many arguments to make about LeBron. Um, I could go in circles about it. Um, but, but I think after when his career's over and, and we keep having this conversation, I, I think it's going to be more clear LeBron's the GOAT. Um, so, so moving on from that, let's talk a little about the NBA bubble and the success of the bubble um, and what, what it means for, for the sport past COVID. So the season, the next season probably is going to start around – late December, early January. Um, so, so what do you, what do you guys think about how the, how the bubble went? Um, uh, like, what are your takes from the bubble? It was, it was clearly a great success. There was like zero, it was zero positive cases, right? You know, once yeah. throughout the games. So, that, I mean, obviously it's a great success. I know that um, 
it was kind of like there were two bubbles, like there was the player and, you know, close team personnel bubble. And then there was the executive. And then eventually when the fans came in, like the family. Um, so they did a good job managing that. Um, but I do think that this kind of set a precedent for the rest of the leagues. Um, they were like the first ones to really return and had the bubble. Um, you know, we saw how baseball struggled because they weren't able to do a bubble. Hockey had the bubble and they succeeded as well. Um, but you take a look across the sports and it's the bubble is clearly the way to, um, to handle this. Uh, you know, the pandemic, but you take a look at how the NFL is going right now and, you know, they've got problems, but the NBA was able to actually lock it down, keep the players safe, you know, get the tournament going and finish out the season strong. So it was definitely good for the NBA and, you know, they look promising starting next year, but a regular season might be too many teams to do a bubble. You might have to split it up into conference bubbles, um, but they still have a few months to figure that out. All right. So I got, I got a a kind of a a follow-up to that. Um, kind of just the bubble in general. So, so we've seen a trend throughout sports where social movements have kind of been like ingrained as part of these restart seasons. Um, for every NBA game, there was, there was black lives matters across the court. Um, and the players obviously wore their, their social justices jerseys. Um, and at the same time, um, we've seen a trend where TV ratings have been pretty low, um, across across all across all sports um and and it's kind of weird because you would think that that like people really don't have much going on during the pandemic that people would be more prone to, to tuning into these games so do you guys think that the way that the social justice movements have been ingrained into uh these leagues do you think that affects viewership at all Somewhat. Um, I, I think for the um, the casual fan, it might have a, a greater effect. But for the people who are, you know, really diehard basketball fans or maybe, you know, they're rooting for their team, um, I don't think it had a huge effect. You also have to take into account that this isn't the usual time that they're airing these NBA games. Um, you know, it's they, they never play in the summer. Um, and also a lot of these games in the playoffs, they had them stacked, you know, a, a 1 o'clock game, a 3 o'clock game a six o'clock game at eight o'clock so it was a bunch of games during the day when people you know might otherwise not be able to watch the games so they kind of crammed the schedule so that could be where we see why um the numbers were down you could also take a look at it and say maybe because of all the social justice stuff going on but i don't think too many people decided you know what i'm not going to watch that basketball game today because these players just you know are making these statements I, I i don't see many people um cho- you know consciously choosing to not watch because of that also, with the pandemic, um, obviously, there's economic hardship, and that could have caused people to um, possibly be working multiple jobs or working different hours or just having fluctuation in their work hours, which could have, like, just caused them to, like, obviously, consumer discretion as a whole went down because of the pandemic, and sports and entertainment sort of fall under that category. So um, if they are spending more time working or worrying about um, like finance, their finances, they're probably also going to be less likely to spend time just hanging out watching watching the game. Yeah, I mean, it's all, there's also the competition since all these leagues are starting up at the same time. I mean, it's crazy that we have the, – the NHL playoffs end a little earlier, but we had basketball, football, and baseball going on at the same, at the same time. Uh, even even with college football, so we have the NFL, college football, basketball, and baseball. Um, so so you can see how they can kind of cut and 
cut into each other's ratings. But I do think that actually, actually like a couple, like, like a, a significant amount of casual fans who really do impact the ratings. Cause um, I know, I know we're all kind of diehard sports fans, but I, there, there are a large, large number of casual fans who tune in to games, uh, especially when it's like the NBA finals or, or some major sporting event um, who maybe didn't feel like tuning in this year because they, they didn't feel like politics and sports should be mixed. Um, I don't know. That, that's just my guess. But I, I, think, I think the ratings should um, – I, I, th- I think they, they did impact the ratings. Um, so let's move on, talk about preview for next season. Um, so I kind of wrote down probably, probably like the, the contenders, um, the five best teams in the East, who I, th- well, who I think are the five best teams in the East and the five best teams in the West. Um, so I'm just going to name each team, and you're going to just tell me what you, what you think and what your preview, kind of a pr- prediction for what they're going to do this offseason and how they're going to look next year. Um, so first, I'm just going to start in the West with the Lakers um, coming off their chip. So what do you got? What, what are your guys' takes? Well, I, mean, I saw that um, AD said he, you know, like opted out of um, you know his his contract to then resign with the Lakers. So people had question of you know with his contract, he might he might have you know gone to see other options. But after you win a championship, you know why wouldn't you stay? So they're clearly the best duo in, in the game, um, clearly dominant. So unless another one of these super teams can stop them you know, they're, they're going to be the favorite. Yeah. Go, there you go, Miles. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't have much else to say on top of that. Um, I, there's not really much to argue there. Um, I definitely see the Lakers as the favorites going to the next season, um, assuming no injuries or any other troubles that would happen in LA. Um, so yeah, definitely can't, can't argue with that. Yeah. So they got, they have Mark, Markeith Morris and Dwight, who are going to be free agents. And I think they definitely um, should look to upgrade their bench. Um, honestly, the roster wasn't great this year. Obviously, they got LeBron and AD. But, but besides them, I thought Rondo was huge for them. Um, just a huge vet, vet presence. Um, he was really great in the finals. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of saw that uh, from Shams today that, that AD is uh, opting out and he's signing like a long-term deal with the Lakers. Uh, so let's move on talk about the Clippers. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys start off. What do you guys think about the Clippers moving forward? Um, it was definitely a disappointing season for them. Um, we, I definitely would have wanted to see them go against the Lakers. Uh, I think obviously based off seeing how the Western Conference Finals went, it could have been possibly a more enjoyable um, or more exciting matchup. But um, going in next season, I do see them. Um, I see them being a favorite above the Nuggets, despite um, losing to them in the playoffs last season. Tyron Lue, new head coach, I definitely like that for them. I'm a big fan of Tyron Lue. And, um, you know, PG and Kawhi, uh, hopefully they'll build, um, you know, just get better connection over the offseason and, you know, they, they're meant to be, I'd say, the second best team in the East, uh, in the West. I was that the Nuggets, um, I think, I don't know if you could, could definitely compare the Nuggets to the Heat, but they kind of had that young energy 
um, from like the Heat with guys like Talaiero, Nuggets guys like Jamal Murray. Obviously, Murray's a much better player, but just kind of having guys break out like that. Um, and do you want to talk about the Nuggets, or do you have anything more to say about the Clippers? Um, the, the only thing I was going to touch on are they got Montrez Harrell and uh, Marcus Morris as free agents. Um, so let's. I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with them trying to to resign their. Uh, them, uh, especially Harold. Um, he's so big coming off the bench for them. Um, it was really disappointing to see the way not only um, Pandemic P was, was in the bubble, um, but I think Kawhi kind of struggled. Um, I, I, th- I think he's going to really bounce back next year. Um, it was kind of uncommon to see Kawhi kind of choking the playoffs. Um, he, had, he had a couple games against the Nuggets where he just was lost in the fourth quarter. He, did, he didn't do anything. Um, which is weird because he's kind of one of those top three guys you look to at the end of games, um, especially with his performance in the playoffs last year. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a big bounce back year for them. So, yeah, let's move on, talk about which I think is the third best team in the West, the Nuggets. Um, so you guys can take it. Yeah, the Nuggets are very promising. Um, like Miles said before, you can kind of compare them to the Heat. They do have a lot of upside. Um, young players kind of getting to know, fitting into their role. Um, and, and, you know, Djokovic came out of this, um, you know, out of the pandemic looking completely different. And if he, if he keeps that sort of build, I think he'll be, you know, a much better match for um, the evolving game where the big men have to step out behind the line, be more agile. So we saw that he, you know, lost some weight and was looking pretty good. Jamal Murray emerged as a star. Um, so the Nuggets have a lot of upside. Yeah. Um... They they really impressed. Uh, I I think Jamal Murray is 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 a rising star. Uh, the way he played in the playoffs, um, especially in the first round, going at it with with Donovan Mitchell, um, definitely exciting. Definitely exciting team in the West. Um, next, let's move on with the Mavs. Um, you guys take it. Um, Mavs, uh, another breakout um, bubble guy, Luca. Look at Doncic; he's obviously a stud. Um, now I don't love the Mavericks team. Um, KP is like, I'm not a huge fan of KP. I don't think he's very reliable. Obviously, injuries. He just uh, he gets hurt. Yeah. Also, like other just off court controversies with KD, uh, with KP sometimes. So, but I do like Luke, uh, Luca. This could be um, um, blanking out. Danilo is on the match right now, correct? No, no. Uh, Danilo was on the Thunder. He's, he's he's a free agent right now. So he was on the Mavs because he he used to be on the Mavs. You think there's any chance um, they could be looking at him? Maybe um, they need another piece. He really stretches the floor. That, it, I mean, they need to think about whether or not they want to rebuild or whether or not they want to get guys a free agency. And definitely after last season, they're clearly a top contender in the West. So a guy like Danilo um, to possibly replace KP could be something that that they look at. Yeah, I yeah. definitely think they need at least one more supporting, you know, not necessarily like a star, but one more piece. And I think they're going to be, you know, a contender. Cause I mean, a star would put them like, put them, they need yeah. to be, but for this off season, I think they need to stay competitive for that next upcoming uh, free agency or possibly uh, try to get some picks, try to get a star player in a trade next year. But um, I think for this free agency, they should focus on getting, uh, like you said, just a guy who is a possible starter on that team and could definitely 
fill some holes that they're missing. Yeah, I, I do like KP, um, but you know, as they say, the best ability is availability. Um, and he has dealt with injury problems in the past. Um, and his, his season was ended in the playoffs with the, with the knee injury. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they end up doing in the offseason. Uh, let's move on with the Warriors. Uh, so, obviously, Clay missed the whole season with his, with his, his knee injury. Uh, Steph also hurt his hand, was out most of the season. And Draymond was kind of on and off. But they, they honestly didn't, didn't have much of a roster this year. Um, but they did come out with the number two pick. Um, so, so what do you guys see for them? I mean, that pick, that pick is huge because yes. they're still, they're still going to be one of the best teams because now Steph and Clay are going to hopefully be healthy and, you know, not get re-injured. And they're going to get one of the top young guys coming up. So they're going to be, you know, right back where they were before this past season because, you know, a, a stud young rookie in – in the offense or just on the roster with these superstars who've proven to, you know, take teams to championships. You know, this is a team that was without KD, but they won championships without KD before he came to Golden State. So they're yeah. still going to be and possibly with getting Dwight Howard um, in free agency uh, is definitely an option for them. I personally see the Warriors right under the Clippers going in uh, to the season in the West. Uh, above the Nuggets and Maz, just because I think there's so much more um, promising and consistency there. The Nuggets, they have a lot of free agents. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with them. So I definitely see the Warriors as being a safe bet this year, and um, I definitely see big things for them. Yeah, I actually do think they're going to have a really good season. Um, for me, the most interesting thing right right now is they got that number two pick, and – Honestly, great, it doesn't seem like there's a great draft class. I, and I don't see how – they're kind of still in win-now mode. Um, I mean, Steph, Steph, and, and Clay and Draymond. Um, I don't see how a rookie really helps their roster in this year or in the next year. Um, so I could really see them using this trade chip and, and trying to get someone. Um, and <laughs> they also – They don't need, like, a, a rookie franchise player, but I do think that, a, you know – there is some talent in this class. They could, they could definitely trade down, but they should still look to take advantage of the fact that they had a high draft pick, get someone good that can complement, um, you know, the rest of their players because they don't need much more, but it would be a great addition to have it and they'd be right back in contention. I also think that this team they have right now, um, I don't think it's smart to have a team with basically – three of your top four players are much older than your best younger player who a second round pick is huge, is so valuable. So to invest that much in a guy who will probably be on the team once they hit a bump in the road when Steph, Clay, and Draymond either all lead the team or retire. So I think to draft a guy second over, second overall uh, would not be smart because most likely if they do hit that point where let's say whatever prospect they draft uh, is now playing alongside Steph playing Draymond for maybe another three years. It's unlikely that, you know, the three of them plus um, whichever guy they draft would all stay together. So then let's say the team goes into sort of a slump. Um, it's likely that that draft player would leave. So I think that you're right in um, advising sort of them to trade the pick because they need to be in a win now mode and get a possible Kevin Love type of player or some sort of power forward or even Dwight Howard. 
But I don't think Dwight Howard's worth a second round pick. No, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight's a free agent, and I heard yeah. that Dwight wants to go to uh, Golden State. So, yeah, I, I really do think they're going to trade away the number two pick. The timelines just don't match up. Um, mm-hmm. they, they don't have the time to develop a rookie. They're competing for the present. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting how Wiggins kind of fits in with the three of them this year. Because um, we, we, saw, we saw some of Wiggins, but – we didn't see all of Clay and Draymond was kind of in and out, and we only saw Steph for, for a few games. Um, so yeah, that's definitely gonna. I'm I'm kind of most curious about the Warriors because, I mean, everyone forgot how good they are. Um, they basically yeah, I think took, I, took a year off. I think like it, we should be curious just because it is a year off, but at the same time, like injuries happen all the time, and I think we should. It's not like. They they were injured, and then last year they came back and weren't as great. Um, I think we should still give them the same respect they deserve, the team that made the championship four years in a row. And, um, yeah, or was it f- – not five years in a row. Five, five, five yeah. It, five years in a row, won three of them. And I think that's something that we should not look over. Yeah, so let's, let's move on with the East. Um, let's start off with the Bucks. So I think this is a really – this is a huge season for the Bucks because I think if, if they don't win this year or make it to the championship, um, their, their future is in doubt. Giannis is going to be an unrestricted free agent uh, in the summer of 2021. So what do you guys think? Yeah, they definitely, um, you know, underachieved uh, to say the least. Um, everyone had high hopes. They looked like, you know, clearly the best team in the regular season, but then they couldn't, you know, close it out in the playoffs and Giannis's legacy is kind of dependent on next season. If he can bounce back and make a run. And if he doesn't, then it's like, you know, you had a great team. You couldn't bring him, um, you know, you couldn't bring him to the finals. You know, how good is he really? Um, so I think next year is going to be huge for the Bucks. They have to take advantage of the team they have right now. So. Do you, um, do you guys think that if the Bucks don't make it next year, Let's say Giannis still has another great statistics year. Um, do you think Giannis is leaving and trying to win somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think Giannis is leaving. Um, I, I he doesn't really have much around him right now. I think Middleton is a really good player, but he's he's not that he's not that Robin that he's not Robin to Giannis's Batman. If you're really going for a chip, um, and, and the rest of the roster is a little weak. Um, I do like Brooks Lopez, but besides the three of them, um, I mean, that, I think that's why the Heat beat them. They, they made a, a great game plan for Giannis, and they relied on Giannis giving up the ball to other guys, and those other guys didn't deliver. Um, so kind of the depth of, of their team, um, which wasn't exposed in the regular season, but when you get, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of the, of the postseason, um, yeah, they, they really did struggle. Uh, so let's move on to Celtics. Um, they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, but definitely a lot of hope for them. A lot of young talent. What do you guys think? Um, they definitely look great. A lot of upside. These the young players. They almost seem interchangeable between uh, Tatum, Smart, Brown. Like they they were all such good players. They work well with each other, and it looks like they're all bought in to what they have there in Boston. Um, then you have like a, a more of a veteran player like Kemba, who had no one else in his previous, you know, teams when he was in Charlotte, like it was just him and they were terrible, but now he comes to Boston. He's got these great young superstars. So, you know, they 
might have, you know, matchup problems against teams that have great bigs like Anthony Davis. Like if they were to make – if they would have beaten, you know, the Heat and made it to the finals, you know, I don't think Daniel Tice can really guard any great big. Um, so that's where they're going to need to improve. But their, um, their guards and their wing players are, you know, very hopeful for, you know, many years. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I, I kind of look at the Celtics as somewhat the Saints – you know, when it comes to the playoffs, like both are great organizations um, really look like they have the ability to make it to the finals and possibly be successful, but they just always end up losing in like closest, most worst fashions. Um, did they lose in, I forget, was it game seven? No, they actually lost very quick. Um, what was the score between them and the Heat? I forget. Oh, it was, it was, it was in six. The Heat won in six. Yeah. And I think people are definitely surprised by that. I think, um, some people thought uh, they definitely thought Celtics and Heat were the two best teams, but obviously the Celtics were higher ranked. So I just feel like the, the Celtics have everything they need, um, but just keep on beating unfortunate situations like a hot Heat team in the finals in the bubble or LeBron a couple of years ago in the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, they do have a good team, but they definitely need a couple changes. Um, as you mentioned with Tice, they, they need a real big. Um, people mentioned that the whole season, and, of course, in the playoffs when everything matters, um, Tice got exposed by Bam. Um, and then also they need some more depth on their bench, particular sh- uh, shooting. Um, that That's where they're kind of a little weak. Um, like Wanamaker's eye um, – Grant Williams is I, but like in the playoffs, uh, these aren't guys you want coming on and playing like key minutes for you. I, I do love Marcus Smart. Um, e- even though he's a fake tough guy, I think he is the real reader, real leader of the team, and he, he plays really tough, um, tough competitor. Um, so next, let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers. They obviously just hired Doc Rivers. Um, and then the question still remains, can Simmons and Embiid coexist? What do you guys think? They're still definitely working on it. It's one of those things that's going to take a lot of time. Um, and we'll see how it works because we know that Embiid's a big personality, ego guy. Um, Simmons has got the trouble with shooting. So if they're both clashing at the rim, um, you know, Embiid might, you know, want the ball more, want a little bit more of the shine. Um, so it's it's going to take some time. I don't know. The Sixers, if they, if they can mesh well, they'll be very good. But it's one of those things where they need to, you know, get it down. Yeah, they they also have some roster holes, um, particularly with with shooting. They really lack that. Um, so so next, let's move on to the Heat. We kind of touched on them earlier when we talked about the finals. Um, so this off season is going to be big for them. Um, not not as big as next year, but they're looking to re-sign Jay Crowder and Goan, who are uh, unrestricted free agents. Um, so do you, do you think they should go after someone this summer? Maybe like a, an Old Depot. Or I don't know. I, I I saw this on Twitter. I honestly think it's unrealistic. But with with Daryl Morey gone and uh, Mike D'Antoni gone from the Rockets, do you think maybe Harden? Maybe maybe they blow it up. Maybe does Harden come available? Um, uh, th- that's not happening. But but do the Heat target more of a like a smaller star like a an Old Depot this summer? Um, I don't think they need to. I think they could possibly make trades during the season, but I don't think it's worth wasting money, um, especially because, yes, they're going to be eyeing at the, uh, Giannis uh, next year, but 
who knows if it all goes bad with Giannis, they're still going to want to be looking for someone else. So I think just holding um, that money is important. If they're really seeing themselves struggle um, during the season, possibly make some trades and um, revamp their team like that. But coming off of a crazy run in the finals, I don't think it's worth it to add more to what you already have, especially um, with guys like Butler and um, Hero and other key pieces to their team uh, not leaving anytime soon. Yeah, and the Heat are very team-oriented. They've got so many role players that play big moments. It's not like a Laker team where it's LeBron, AD, and then the rest is kind of, you know, scrubs and kind of come in. Like, the Heat are very, you know, balanced. Obviously, Jimmy's a superstar, Bam's a superstar, but the other players around them are very good. So if, if they're going to target anyone, it would probably be someone they could just get some more, like, role-player type type players um, and then really kind of just save up for next year and try to go big next year when they have the chance. Yeah, so let's move on to another really intriguing team. This will be the last team we, we touch on in the East, but the Brooklyn Nets. Um, KD is going to be coming back from his Achilles injury, and, and Kyrie is going to be back um, from his injury. So they just hired Steve Nash. Uh, what do you think about the Nets uh, upcoming? I'm excited. That's all I can really say. Um, I can't really give many – uh, I guess yeah, like they're definitely going to be in the mix. Um, I, I can't. I don't really have a gauge right now on how good they will be, as Katie and Kyrie are two guys who have known to have chemistry issues in almost every place they've gone. Um, so it definitely could be tough to see them getting along together. But uh, um, who knows? I think the Nets have a good good management over there. So hopefully they're trying to work and you know put together the two pieces, which. It's kind of crazy to still think that the Nets landed KD and Kyrie, but um, now that they have them, they're going to need to find out a way to make it work. And however well those two play together really will determine um, where they place in the East, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I also like Levert for them. I like Harris Levert. I think he's a good player. Um, Joe Harris is going to be a free agent. Uh, they're probably going to be looking to re-sign him. Uh, so just seeing how they felt the rest of the roster, and it's going to be really interesting to see how Steve Nash is as his first year as a head coach in the NBA. Um, so from that, let's pivot on to just talking a little about free agency. Um, this isn't a huge free agency summer. Uh, we kind of touched on that. Um, we have the question of how the salary caps can be affected by COVID. We'll kind of see what happens with that. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of list off a couple of the free agents this summer. Um, so we got, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Montrez Harrell, Goran Dragic, uh, Mello, uh, Dwight Howard, and Serge Ibaka. Um, so do you guys have any, any like, small predictions or takes for, for this upcoming summer? Or not, not summer, but I guess the free agency period is now in, in, in the fall. So, so what do you guys think? Um, as a Nick fan, definitely seeing a, a point guard on there. I could Hopefully, I know um, the Knicks are in the talks with Van Vliet. But um, I'm not sure if, as a Knicks fan, I would necessarily want him. I feel like that's a typical player Nick, the Knicks always get. Sort of, um, I'm not going to say Fred Van washed up, but I don't think he's um, in his prime. I don't think he would play in his prime with the Knicks team right now. Um, I think that he needs to be surrounded by better players than who the Knicks have. So, and I think it could be a waste of money if the Knicks do get him because – they need a star or a pick first um, before getting a guy like Van Fleet. So um, 
Beside that, I could possibly see him uh, in Detroit, though, as they could also use a point guard. Yeah. What do you think, Seth? Yeah. Any of those names pop out to you? Um, well, I mean, it would be stupid if the Heat don't bring back Goron. He was yeah, no, they definitely will. Um, you look at some of these players, and they're all, you know, they're not crazy names, but they're all players that had significant impact on all their teams. Um, they're all on the older side. They're, you know, like Mello, he came out of nowhere. He's, you know, taken off the streets to come to the bubble, but did really well. Um, you can kind of – I don't know where he might fit in, but, you know, he's towards the end. He's going to only have one of those, you know, small role player type um, moments. This this free agency is not going to have, you know, as much publicity as, you know, years before. Um, but, I mean, a team – yeah, I, I mean, as a Knicks fan, it's just brutal looking at how everything's run. So, I can only think of what the Knicks want, but yeah. it, it doesn't look good because they're just – all over the place. I think somewhere um, Ibaka could fit would definitely be in LA with PG and Kawhi just to get a big guy in there uh, and, you know, to help them compete with the Lakers. Um, I'm not sure exactly where Ibaka is looking, but I think um, I could definitely see that happening. I would love to have Ibaka down in Miami. Um, I think he would compliment Bam because he Ibaka stretches the floor. Um, he, was on, he, he was on the heat before, right? Yeah. No, he. It was. It was thunder. He's been on a lot of. He's been on a lot of different teams. It was thunder. thunder. He's on the Thunder. On the Raptors, or was he somewhere? No, else? no, no. It was. It was Thunder Magic because he he was included with the. Uh, who who was in that Magic trade? And it was he was part of the Oladipo trade. Wasn't that was that a brief stint in Orlando? Yeah, he was in Orlando for like a season yeah. before he went to Toronto. I'm pretty sure. May I pull that up real, real quick? But he was with uh, that Russ, KD, Harden, Oklahoma City Thunder team that made the finals. Um, and after that, he was with the Magic and, and then the Raptors uh, where he won his first ring. Um, so, yeah, not, not any huge names this summer. But, I mean, I could give a little preview into what's, what's, what next summer is going to be like. Uh, now, sorry I keep saying summer. I just When I think of free agency, I just think of summer. This is weird. It's like a fall free agency. Uh, but 20, 20, 2021 is the Giannis summer. Um, the Heat are really going to be gunning for Giannis along with the other 29 teams in the league. But Giannis, Kawhi has a player option. So there, there's a chance that he's a free agent. Um, you got Kyle Lowry, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gobert, Drew Holiday, Vic Oladipo, um, along with some others. Um, but, yeah, so let's pivot, move on to football. Uh, so we'll start off with latest news. Um, I'm sure you guys all heard. But the first thing we want to talk about is the Dak Prescott injury. So I'll, I'll let you guys take it from there. Yeah, obviously, you know, we hate to see stuff like that, especially to a great young player. He was, you know – on pace to have an amazing season. He's still the league leader in passing yards by a few hundred um, after leaving the game early this past Sunday. Um, but it's crazy to think because he was asking for so much money, um, you know, over this off season and what that will look like going forward. Um, I know Jerry Jones and the uh, Cowboys um, made a statement saying that they're you know, still very invested in Dak, but this will definitely change how much money he'll receive because an injury like this, um, obviously it's not the same extent that Alex Smith had and you thankfully saw him get um, back to the field, but these injuries are, you know, very scary because first of all, visually they're 
horrifying. But then you don't know how a player will come back from that because the ankle, you know, it's very easily re-injured. So Dak, an emerging superstar, um, may not be the same after this injury. So it was pretty shocking news. Yeah, I, I think the worst part was that Dak was playing for his contract. Um, so this is like a very big season for him because he turned down a lot of money um, for, for more potentially in the future. So, I mean, it's just really sad because um, he's, he's, Dak's a really great guy um, and, and he was having a really great season. Um, and I think he's a really great player um, and the cornerstone of that Cowboys franchise. Um, so just, just the way everything went with him on pace to make a lot of money this offseason, now he's just had a, a career-altering injury. Um, yeah, it's pretty tragic. Um, ho- hopefully the Cowboys kind of take that into effect when, when they uh, meet to, to, to make a new contract this summer. Because, um, yeah, it, it's really a horrible situation. I don't know what you think. What do you think, Miles? Um, yeah, I believe it was his ankle. It was, yeah, yeah it was, I saw, I saw the video. It was very heartbreaking to see that even though I'm a Giants fan, but, um, I have a lot of respect for Dak. I've never really had, like, he's never really been many, very controversial, at least toward Giants fans and hate to see a top QB go down like that. Yeah. Uh, so similar to the MLB, um, the NFL's had a couple problems recently. So I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple months ago, uh, when the baseball season started, uh, obviously they weren't in a bubble and it was the Marlins first who contracted coronavirus and they had their game suspended for a week. Um, and later on there were a bunch of other teams that had problems, notably the Cardinals. Um, but recently we've been seeing problems in the NFL. Um, they're, they're not in a bubble. And we've had a couple games postponed already because of large numbers of players getting coronavirus. Um, so, so what do you guys think about this whole situation? The NFL is definitely in a much trickier position. Um, first of all, just the sport, there's so much more close contact between players. Um, the rosters are much bigger. They need you know, much more of uh, a training staff. Um, a coaching staff. So there's so many more, there's so much more personnel for each team, um, which increases the chance of spread. And then you take a look at scheduling and you can't, you have to have, you know, at least five, four or five days between uh, football games. They need to have their bodies heal. Whereas baseball could, you know, squeeze games in day after day, double headers. So, you know, we've seen, you know, a Tuesday night football game, which you know hasn't happened in many, many years. And then, you know, they had to shift the bye weeks. So as, you know, more teams find positive cases, the schedule's going to get messed up because they could, you know, there's only one bye week. Um, and, you know, Goodell's going to have to take a look at what they're going to do if they're going to build in an extra week before the playoffs in case any more outbreaks happen where they need to change the schedule. Um, it's just the nature of the game uh, makes it much tougher for football. And you, you can't do a bubble with teams that big. And then, you know, the schedule could get easily very messed up. Yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of problems. Um, I mean, one of the big things is that in baseball, they play every day. So there was opportunity for them to catch up later um, by playing a lot of double headers. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens as the season progresses. Um, like, would you guys be surprised to see maybe like a bubble, like how the MLB is in a bubble right now for for the uh, the championship series and the World Series? Would you be surprised if there was a bubble – um, for the playoffs? Um, 
I would, honestly, at this point. I think the NFL is kind of just running with this idea and hoping they get through the season. Um, I think it's a little too late also. Like, they're already dealing with all these problems now. It'd be pretty tough to create a bubble while they're midseason um, because they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't announced any plans to create a bubble. Um, so, so I'm sure if they were, then maybe not necessarily – Definitely would have heard about it, but we probably would have heard about it, I think. Seth? Yeah, no, it would, it would, be, it would be very tough. Uh, you take a look at how big the teams are. You need, you know, multiple stadiums. Because the NFL, they're, you know, they're looking to make money off these games too. You know, some teams have started to have fans. You have to see how that aspect would go into it. But a bubble with these massive rosters, the games take much longer, so you need to space it out differently. Like maybe you have a sat – you know, how they did last year with some Saturday, some Sunday. But a, bu- a bubble with football um, would definitely be very difficult, especially because they added another team into the playoffs this year. So it creates um, you know, even more teams that are in the bubble, uh, more chance for spread. So they would really need to figure out, you know, maybe have, mul- you know, two bubbles, maybe four bubbles until you, like, keep going down. But they, they would need to get control of it. Because once you get into the playoffs, if one of the teams has an outbreak – and you have to push back maybe like a week, it creates an advantage for one team rather than the other. So they would have to take a look at that. So recent news, Le'Veon Bell was dropped by the Jets. Was it yesterday, right? Um, so, yesterday, either yesterday or the day before. So, so what do you guys think is next for him? Um, well, it just came out that um, he's believed to be signing with the Chiefs. Um, I know he narrowed it down to the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, and I think maybe a couple of hours ago, maybe even an hour ago, they, um, you know, it came out that he's going to be signed with the Chiefs, which is kind of um, crazy to think about because the Chiefs are already so good. They had another start of their offense. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was looking as, you know, a great young running back, and now they add Le'Veon. So that offense is just going to be, you know, so much firepower. It's going to be fun to watch. Very exciting. I'm very excited to see um... – Le'Veon in that atmosphere. Um, the Jets are looks like they're rebuilding anyway. He wasn't serving much of a purpose there. As I but yeah, they are on five or one and four. Own oh, five. Own oh, five. Both, both New York teams. Both New York teams. Own oh, five. Yeah. So I think it was. I I guess they re- really couldn't get anything for him. Um, or did they try trading him? Do you know? I think they tried, but they couldn't really get much. Um, I mean, they've lost, you know, their two biggest players with Jamal Adams earlier this year and then now Le'Veon. Um, mm-hmm. It just looks like the players don't want to be in New York, or at least in the Jets. So, it's tough. I mean, Le'Veon is a pretty unfavorable contract. I'm sure there's there's few teams who kind of want to take it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you kind of see how that problem exists. But I mean, the Chiefs are – they just need – they don't – not necessarily need a running back because obviously they're doing well. Um, despite some issues, but that would be one more thing that just cleans cleans them up. Yeah. Uh, so some more breaking news. Uh, I think this this happened yesterday or either the day before. But but Melvin Gordon was charged with the DUI. Um, so what do you guys do? You guys hear anything about that? My fantasy team and like I had him, and it said projected zero points. So I'm like, why is this? And end up realizing that was the reason why. So I was a little mad about Tough. that. Yeah, I picked up Phil. He's been playing well. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, but I mean, Denver, they, you know, if any team 
could afford that right now. Denver, I mean, Philip Lindsay's still a very good running back. Um, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. You hate to see players kind of do stupid stuff like this in the you know, middle of the season. Um, I, I think it's going to be more of team protocol for how many games he's not playing. Um, but it's, you know, you hate to see when players do stupid stuff like that because Melvin Gordon, um, you know, he was – he didn't have much problem beforehand, before this. Um, but And he was doing well in Denver, and then now this kind of puts a little um, a little more controversy with, with him after, like, last year when he was opting – you know, he was trying to get more money. So now he's got a little bit more problems. So the next place he might go, you know, they might look back on these things and, you know, rethink if they really want Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough situation. Uh, so let's move on from, from breaking news and let's talk about kind of general uh, projection for the, the rest of the season. Um, I was just looking at uh, the NFL power rankings. Um, so we got the chiefs who are four and oh, the, oh, the, the, no, the Packers, the Packers who are four and oh, the chiefs who are four and one Ravens are four and one and Steelers are four and oh, Titans are four and zero. Seahawks are five and zero. Bills four and one. Rams four and one. And then, and then you got the Browns are four and one. Saints three and two. And then the Pats are two and two. Um, so, so which of those teams really stand out to you as kind of, kind of intriguing to you? And also looking forward, um, kind of looking towards um, the playoffs. Um, which, which teams do you guys think? Um, our favorite right now? I would say you got to say the Chiefs. Um, obviously, just looking their record, who Le'Veon, they just added winning the Super Bowl last year. It's clear um, they have one goal, and that's just to continue what they've been doing uh, these past couple seasons, and it looks like they're on par with that. Um, I don't love the Steelers. Um, I think that while they do look good right now, um, in the long run, they don't have that many – like, Big Ben, Big ben has been playing well. I think they don't have much of a run game. And I, I don't know. I just don't love the Steelers right now. I, don't, I think maybe they'll get in as a five or a six seed. Um, I think the Ravens are still going to beat them in the division. So, um, out of all the top teams right now, I would say I'm pretty low on the Steelers. Yeah. And that's part, partially just from bias – um, I don't love Big Ben right now, even though he is playing well. I, I don't really see much of a future left in him. I think they should be developing a new quarterback right now, which they've tried to do. Um, and it just hasn't worked out. So they're kind of back with Big Ben, even though he has had injuries and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, the Steelers, the rest of their offense is very young. They should you know, look to definitely develop um, a young quarterback because Big Ben's on his way out. But one of the teams that – um, I just think it's really fun to watch is the Seahawks. Their offense is just amazing to watch, you know, Russell Wilson just have a great day every freaking week. You know, he's, he's amazing. And he's, he's on pace to be um, probably the MVP. Uh, but you take a look at DK Metcalf, who a bunch of players or some of the players around the league were comparing him to like Calvin Johnson or Terrell, o- a faster Terrell Owens. And that type of praise coming from um, peers is, you know, what means the most. So he's going to be, you know, he's one of the better or the best receivers in the league right now, um, especially because he's one that's healthy. Um, and then you take a look at the Titans who just routed the Bills. Um, that was not something that anyone was really expecting. But you take a look at Derrick Henry, the way he threw Josh Norman, you, you got to remember the dude is massive and can run. 
Um, he's just, you know, the most dominant uh, running back in the game. Um, he can he can win the Titans games. They've got good defense. So the Titans, you know, like last year, uh, you know, how they made their run in the playoffs, they're kind of under the radar, but I think it's mostly because they don't really have an explosive offense like some of the other teams. You know, they're kind of going under the radar with their ground and pound type style, but they're a very good team and they can definitely, you know, continue winning throughout the season. Yeah, I think overall we're just looking at a really deep AFC. Um, so you have the Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. Um, Pat Mahomes is electric. Um, their offense is unstoppable at times. And, the, and then you have the Ravens. Um, Lamar hasn't even been his MVP self, but he's still Lamar. Um, and they're such a great team, great defense. The Steelers, you guys talked about the Steelers. I actually really like the Steelers. Um, Ben's having a great season, and they arguably have the best defense in the league. And when it comes to the postseason, uh, defense really matters, except for when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then the Titans, uh, another really great defense, and they just pound the ball on the ground, as you, as you were talking about with Derrick Henry. Um, Ryan Tannehill uh, revamped his career in, in Nashville. Um, the way he manages their offense. Um, I mean, they're, they're a run-first team, but they're really good at what they do. Um, and, and we saw that they made it pretty deep in the playoffs last year. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about them. They look really good, especially against Buffalo. And I like Buffalo. Uh, they were dealing with a lot of injuries on defense. Another great defensive team, um, uh, along with the, the Steelers and the Titans. I think this is a, a trend we're going to see. Um, but, yeah, the, the Bills, Josh Allen's had a great season so far. And then going down, the, the Patriots are going to win their division. Um, so, obviously, any Belichick team in the playoffs is going to be really tough to play against. And, and Cam Newton's been really good uh, managing their offense. They pound the ball on the ground also. Um, so, I, I, I'm really optimistic um, and, and excited for how the rest of the season's going to play out, especially in the AFC, because I think there's just – a couple of really electric teams. You got like two electric offenses in in Baltimore and Kansas City, and then some really stout defenses. Um, really looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, I, I think it's been an hour. Watch yourself there as well. I think I think it's been an hour. Um, so I think I think we're gonna call it, call it an end. Um, do you guys have any last words for for our viewers back home? Um, no, it was good uh, getting on the show. Happy I didn't, and definitely looking forward to being on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you for having us, Ben. Uh, it was great to talk. Um, very excited for the NBA offseason and the rest of the NFL season. Yep, it was great having you guys on the show. Um, uh, that's a wrap for the night. Peace out, everyone. Have a safe night. Okay.